0: to make your fantasy a reality with the help of the crew over at fantasy insider and the boys at Wooten and why this is dfs down under
1: Welcome back to another episode of DFS Down Under. I am Josh Wine, and I'm brought to you by Fantasy Insider, the trusted tools used by Australia's daily fantasy sports players. And joining me, as always, from Fantasy Insider, is Data Daryl. How are you going, buddy?
0: Yeah, good. Thanks. Um Bit of a quieter week this week. Last week was a bit crazy for me. I was all over the place. <laughs> yeah, you were. Uh, we
1: had a very. I think it was our fastest ever episode. So it was a, a nice little 25 minute pod.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll try and not go too much longer, I guess, this week. Keep it yep. nice and succinct people. But, yep. yeah, no, it was, yeah, definitely an interesting week and interesting weekend of games. I think we were just talking, we went a bit opposite. I did okay on Draft Stars. I think you did okay on Moneyball.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, looking over at my picks from last week, there's some, some things that I'm proud of, the Chargers' defence. Um, obviously, wasn't expecting, you know, the five interception haul and, and all that all that from from them. But, uh uh, Mercedes Lewis scoring uh, against the Browns. It was something I, I definitely played in a lot of lineups, but then across a at wide receiver, it was a was a terrible effort with Sterling Shepard being ruled out and things like that, and Doug Martin not doing too well at running back, and then Alex Smith, the big letdown.
0: Yeah. Did you get to change Shepard out?
1: Yeah, I managed to change him out on some of the daily ones, but I had him in a couple of week-long ones and I wasn't, right. uh, yeah, that, that zero really hurts. So stop me from yep. getting to the top of many leaderboards, but I still managed to, to cash in, in a few different lineups. So I'll take it, um, profitable week. So week 12 though, I'm, I'm excited because you sort of get two goes at it. Um, you, you can still do the week long ones at Moneyball. We're still waiting on draft styles, whether they will go up with, uh, with week long ones. There's still no prices or pop- yeah. for Monday night football, which is very frustrating,
0: <laughs> yeah so, so it is causes all sorts of problems with my model
1: exactly i mean we could have pushed the pod back to tomorrow night but then with the game starting very very early on a friday morning we're not giving the uh, dfs listeners uh very much time to uh digest all the information that we're going to give them today so uh, we'll just have to uh just yeah. do some guesswork when it comes to monday night football but we get to play sort of three games on on thanksgiving and then you can sort yep. of double down again. So, uh, a lot of these lineups are, are spread out, but, uh, some of these players you can play in, in, in both sets.
0: Yeah. I think it's going to be an interesting kind of a like three game slate provides some challenges that are kind of different from both the one gamers that you get for like Sunday night football, Monday night football and the kind of four round slates. So, um, it should be an interesting kind of strategic question in terms of ownership and so on. I think for that.
1: Yeah, and the three games themselves are all, all pretty good. I'm not too keen on Washington Giants, but, uh, in terms of fantasy, there's a few players I actually like in that from a DFS approach. But let's, uh, get straight into it. And at the quarterback position, um, I'm, I'm locking in Russell Wilson this week, um, against the 49ers. He's 8,700 on Moneyball. I think he's the top price quarterback at Draft Stars at 16,000. 500, but uh, the 49ers, they're fourth in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks this season. And this is a stat I found really interesting. Russell Wilson's accounted for 85% of the total offensive yards for the Seahawks this season, and he's been involved in 95% of their offensive touchdowns, which is uh league-leading in both regards. So they've just got no running yep. game. So everything is basically through Russell Wilson, and he's actually aver- averaging 53 rushing yards in his last four games as well. So you're getting the additional... uh points on the ground.
0: Yeah, the rushing yards are important. I think rushing um, quarterbacks certainly get bad in fantasy. Um, and, yeah, I like Wilson. I think he's a good play this week. Um, he's viable on both platforms. I think we have been projected at 21.5 or thereabouts. Uh, and, obviously, he's got significant upside. So, yeah, good play, I think, this week.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely putting him in a lot. Uh, and a cheaper option, I always like to, you know, mix it up in case you want to go premium somewhere else. Um and this is a questionable player because he is questionable at the moment with some, some concussion issues, but I do like Jacoby Brissett against the Titans. 7,000 on Moneyball, 12,300 on Draft Stars, uh, Titans are 7th in fantasy points allowed at quarterbacks in the last month. And 26 in past DVOA. So look, Brissett had a pretty good game last, last time against the Titans. He started off really well and then the Colts got really conservative and tried to run out the clock and end up losing, but he's been much better at home. And we saw the Titans get absolutely torched last week. So I don't mind Brissette fresh off a bye, uh, to possibly have a good game.
0: Yeah, I think that's what it is. He could possibly have a good game. I mean, we have him projected for 16.2. I doubt he's going to be massively owned. Um, but and if he has, Obviously, if he goes off, I think he's a good um, player to have in your team. That, that, for me, I think there's kind of better options, certainly on kind of a value basis and yep. um, sort of similarly projected players who are slightly cheaper. But having said that, I wouldn't object to him. And obviously, it depends on his status at the time. Yep. Um, I think my main concern is just finding the right... If you're going to go with any kind of two-man stack, even finding the right kind of stack to go with him.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's always a tough one, uh, whether it's T.Y. Hilton... Or, or Jack Doyle. You mentioned sort of other quarterbacks around that price range. What What did the cruncher like? Uh, what What are you leaning towards this week?
0: Um, so I've got so amongst kind of cheaper or slightly lower ranked ones. I think Dalton, Mariota are kind of good options. Um, Tom Brady comes up. Um, Wentz, Russell Wilson. I certainly don't mind this week, as we've talked about. Yep. Um, Ryan Brady, Wilson Smith is kind of the shortlist on the money law side.
1: Yep. In terms of uh, Thanksgiving, I, I do like Kirk Cousins uh, this week. Uh, I think he's been really consistent uh, on a week-on-week basis, so he's a guy that I, I don't mind if you're playing in those Thanksgiving-only slates.
0: Yeah, say I haven't run those specifically through the clencher, Um I don't mind Kirk Cousins kind of as a play. I think that those kind of sort of three-game, six-quarterback slates, I think you're kind of trying to take your chances and spread your risk, certainly if you're entering in sort of three or four lineups. So, um, yeah, no objection to Cousins at all.
1: Yeah, if you you want to go ultimate risk, maybe Case Keenum could be your option, much cheaper. Um, Sort of been killing it with Adam Thielen and Diggs, so he's always a chance to go off big. Um, But, you know, that's that risk-reward debate there, or you take the floor with Cousins, but... Um, different lineups you can go with on Thanksgiving. Uh, moving on to the running back position. Um, it's hard to really go past the two Saints running backs, um, this week against the Rams. Uh, so Ingram, uh, 8,300 on Moneyball, 13,400 on Draft Stars, and then Kamara, 8,200 on Moneyball, 16,000 on Draft Stars. So I do not want, I do not want a bar of Kamara in Draft Stars at that price. I'd rather take Ingram um at that price but then on moneyball maybe you you do lean to towards Maca, uh, to towards Kamara uh but yep. you know obviously the format you know half point PPR favors Ingram whereas a full PPR favors Kamara so I understand sort of why Kamara's a little bit dear I just didn't expect it to be that high um but yeah both these guys it's a lucky dip, really both these guys have managed to perform really really well since AP got traded they have both scored 20 plus in the last 2 weeks and the Rams, they're third in fantasy points allowed to running, to running backs at the moment. And they've include, that, that includes nine rushing touchdowns. So, um, I think in terms of rushing touchdowns, Ingram probably gets the nod. Uh, I'll probably lean Ingram.
0: Yeah. I lean Ingram too. Um, Ingram makes sort of the, the top cruncher lineups at draft stars. Um uh, Kamara doesn't quite get the, really the platform, but they as you say, is it? bit of a lucky difference. I think we have, on the Draft Stars projections, we have Ingram I think at 16.9, Kamara at 16.5, right, which is well within kind of the standard deviation of either player. So um, I think you could go either way. I think they're both kind of decent options that lead Ingrams.
1: Yeah, I definitely uh, agree with that. Um, Tevin Coleman is another guy I like this week, playing the Bucks, 6,300 money ball, 9,150 on Draft Stars. Obviously depends on the health of Devonta Freeman, um it's a great matchup against the Bucks, so maybe they can take their time with Devonta and and, and ease him back and and wait another week. So he handled most of the rushing duties against C- Seahawks in week 11. He had 43 yards and a score on on 20 touches, which is a high amount of touches. Um Seahawks obviously a bit more stout than than the Bucks, so I think Coleman could get a a good workload against the Bucks.
0: Yeah, I saw you had him listed. He wasn't a player I'd given a lot of thought to... um, I actually kind of prefer the other Coleman, uh, Corey Coleman, um, who I think is kind of a really good value wide receiver this week. Um, But yeah, Tevin, I don't think I have any massive rejection to him. We haven't projected at 10.9. I think he's a viable play. But again, I think there's just kind of other names I prefer.
1: Yeah, like uh, like who?
0: Well, like Todd Gurley. He's definitely one of them. Um, Morris, DeMarco Murray, I think are good value plays. Um, Gordon... Um, Ingram who's kind of talked about on the premium side. Um, some of the other names, McCoy, Bell, Gurley, Gore, I think are all kind of viable. Um, the Moneyball side, I think Le'Veon Bell is kind of reasonably priced. Gurley, Hunt, um, Gore, Lamar Miller is kind of a value couple as well.
1: Yeah, uh, Gurley was my next running back, so I'm glad we're on the same page here. So it looks like Wilson <laughs> and Gurley will be in a lot of our lineups this week. But yeah, he's he's had one game with fewer than eleven sort of standard league fantasy points, so you even add more to that in terms of PPR and and half point PPR. So the Saints they've allowed yep. four point seven yards per carry and almost fifty yards receiving to running backs per game. So Gurley can get it done both ways. So I I think he's a he's a great play this week.
0: Yeah, it's a good week for him. Um his um draft size price is pretty high, seventeen thousand nine hundred, but um he may well return value on that.
1: Yeah, I uh I agree. Uh before we move on to wide receivers, I've got to let everyone know about uh, the Fantasy Insider Lineup Cruncher, the premium side. So you know you've heard of Fantasy Insider Lineup Cruncher by now, so you know that you can build up to 40 lineups with one button. That's 40 instant lineups that you can enter and win cash with just a few clicks. But did you know there's a Fantasy Insider Premium account you can access over 15 other features on the Lineup Cruncher? You go premium today by heading to fantasyinsider.com.au slash That's fantasyinsider.com.au. You slash woot y the fantasy insider lineup cruncher is the best tool in the business. I can guarantee it helped me win lineups last week. Looking at wide receiver Brandon Cooks. I can't believe his price is still sort of low tier wide receiver yeah. <laughs> wide receiver one like seven thousand seven hundred on money ball. Um, is just free and then draft stars just still twelve thousand three hundred and fifty, which is four thousand cheaper than my next wide receiver, which is AJ Green. But I think Brandon Cooks. Um, he's a big play guy. Um, Deshaun Jackson, Robbie Anderson, they've scored against Miami recently. Even players like Johnny Halton and Marvin Hall have connected for long touchdowns against the Dolphins. I think, uh, I think he's going to have a good game, um, with Brady. I do want to ask you though, how do you and the Cruncher approach a game where the, where the line is really, really high? 17 points. How does, how does it work?
0: Yeah. So, It doesn't have any kind of massive adjustments to our overall philosophy. So the overall philosophy is that most things are kind of linked back to the team total. So the team total kind of tells us how many points and how many yards and so on we have to divvy up amongst the players um, on that team. So if you look at this game, um, New England's kind of 17 point favourites over Miami, a 48 total at the moment. So if you break that down, it comes down to what, 32 and a half to 15 and a half? Yep. so that roughly would translate to about 3.8 expected touchdowns for New England and about just under two expected field goals. Whereas for Miami, it's 1.6 expected touchdowns and about one and a half expected field goals. So once you know that there's that amount of touchdowns going around, you kind of can distribute those amongst um, your quarterback versus or your phone game against your Running game, and then amongst kind of the different players at each position, um, in accordance to kind of how many targets they see in the end zone and that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, so yeah, so obviously the team total and the spread have kind of a big factor in what a player ultimately ends up being projected for, but it's because of the way that we see the game unfolding rather than kind of a multiplier that's applied because they're a big favorite or because they're in a high scoring game. Okay. That makes some sense, hopefully.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it definitely does. Does it factor in sort of a team being down late and throwing the ball a lot? Because I feel like Jarvis Landry or Devante Parker, one of them could have a big game in garbage time if New England are up 20 in the fourth quarter.
0: Um, It kind, yes, so to an extent it does. Um, Certainly to an extent, of course, that's kind of factored into the um, individual kind of player props that are published by bookmakers and the... Total of the game itself is somewhat kind of allowing for that. Um, If you look at the breakdown between kind of the first half markets and the second half markets in the betting landscape, you'll see that in kind of the way the totals and spreads are displayed there. Um, But yeah, we do certainly make some adjustments. And but it's also a thing I think you have to adjust for yourself when you're kind of thinking through your lineups. So we've talked a bit in the past about building lineups that fit a certain scenario, right? So um, you can certainly assume that. Um, New England will be running the ball quite a lot late on um, and build some kind of around that, assuming that they've got that lead early on. Yeah,
1: all right. It's interesting to know. Uh, I mentioned AJ Green was my next wide receiver. Um, yeah, he, he went for 563 in a touchdown against Cleveland earlier this season. So since he's been labelled soft after being ejected, um, he's had a touchdown in, in both those games and he's averaged four and a half catches and 82 and a half yards. So... Cleveland are, you know, quite stout against the run. They actually rank first in DVOA against the run, but they're dead last in DVOA versus wide receiver ones. So I think AJ Green's going to have a big game.
0: Um, Yeah, so Green comes off again a little bit in some of our lineups. I think we have him at 17.6 draft stars. Um, Yeah, no objection to him playing. I think you can fit him in your lineup amongst the other premiums. He's definitely worth including. It's just a case of how you're spreading your money around across the different positions.
1: Yep. Uh, what's some other premium plays that uh, that you like this week? You mentioned Corey Coleman before.
0: Yeah, Coleman, I think we've got projected at 11.4. I think he at his price is a pretty good play. Uh, Julio comes up as usual. Um, Green, Baldwin, Brendan Cooks, we've already talked about. I think having him particularly in kind of stacks with Brady um, stands out. And I think there's actually a few decent quarterback-wide receiver pairings this week. Um Mm-hmm. just looking at the moneyball lineups you've got a few weird names um cup is there locket Tyler locket is there um of the premiums i think uh, Julio is still kind of the best on the country numbers um and martin jones is another kind of vibe watching
1: yeah he's been quite well uh interesting that you mentioned cup uh yeah, no robert woods for the last uh for the next few weeks for l a he's been uh he's been really lighting it up for the rams in in recent weeks uh, barring last week's uh game so the the target's to be spread around and it's uh so cup seems to be the name that emerges from the cruncher um there could be an mm. opportunity there for Cooper cup
0: yeah, and he's super cheap <laughs> so very um, cheap. he's a sort of very high ceiling play.
1: Yeah, I definitely uh, I like that one uh jeremy Macklin's another wide receiver I like this week in terms of that sort of lower end wide receiver two tier six thousand three hundred money ball draft stars I have no flaming idea. Um, because they're, they're being lazy Um, so last four weeks the Texans they ranked dead last in terms of points allowed to wide receivers actually allowed eight touchdowns in, in those four weeks which is two more than the next highest team so uh, Macklin was a bit eh last week but I consider him uh, Baltimore's wide receiver one and, and Houston at 27th in DVOA versus them so I think Macklin sort of was a Mike Wallace game last week I'm doubling down on Jeremy Macklin again this week
0: yeah, I say. I think to me, I think there's better cheap plays. I think we have him predicted eight and a half at Moneyball, so for context we have Cup at nine point five, Lockett at eight point six, um, who I think are both cheaper. So yeah, I don't hate it, but I think there might be better names at the price range.
1: Yep. Uh Alshon Jeffrey is another uh sort of he's a little bit more expensive. This isn't really in terms of value or anything like that. I'm just uh going with the narrative here. We talked about uh uh constructing narratives. Uh Alshon Jeffrey's revenge game in Chicago. Uh they didn't want <clears> him <throat> back in Chicago. It's his first time back at Soldier Field since he left the Bears. Um he's had four touchdowns in his past three games and he's getting eight targets and sixty four yards a game in his past five, so he seems to be connecting with Wentz a little bit more. So they're a big favorite um on the road. So I think Jeffrey could have a big game. Um if you if you need a cheaper option to your AJ Greens to fit in your lineup, I, I could lean Jeffrey.
0: Yeah, so he's kind of on the, I, I don't hate him as kind of a salary to um, points, points play, but he's not really kind of in the super tier there. What concerns me a little bit with him is I think that's the third or fourth time I've heard someone say a revenge game for Jeffrey already this week. <laughs> and I dare say it'll be in the media a bit more, so I suspect his ownership may be a bit more um, than Fair. it should be. Yeah. I definitely agree
1: with that. Uh, In terms of Thanksgiving play, Keenan Allen, um, he was a superstar in all of my lineups last week. I didn't mention him on the show, um, unfortunately, but he he went off against the Bills. Um, I think he could have another strong game. There's always a high target floor with Jeffrey. Any other wide receivers before we move to tight ends?
0: Um, No, I think I've run through my list pretty well. I think the question really is just matching those up. So I think you obviously kind of got Um, Baldwin there as kind of an option. For Stacks, you've got Braden Cooks there as an option for Stacks. Um, So for me, and Matt Lyon, um, Julio is kind of still an option. So I think just looking at kind of those pairings, I don't think there's many lineups I like this week that don't have at least a quarterback wide receiver pairing in them.
1: Yep. Interesting. Uh, Good to know. I actually think that's uh, valuable there. Uh, Tight end, I like uh, Jordan Reed or Vernon Davis. Um, obviously if one of the, if Jordan Reed doesn't play, obviously I prefer, I really like Vernon Davis. Um, but of course the streak for the Giants, uh, the touchdown streak, of course it ended with the number one tight end in fantasy, not finding the end zone. I, I said it last week. I said, you watch it now after I say Kelsey this week, he he will not have yeah. a great game. So, but I'm going back to the well. I, I think it was just an anonymous. I can't say that word properly, but he is definitely, um, I think it's a one-off. I like uh, I like Reed if he does play, but if he doesn't, then I'm definitely much higher on Davis. I would prefer, as you've said in your notes here, if Reed doesn't play.
0: Yeah, if Reed doesn't play, I think it's an easy option to play Davis. Um, if Reed does play, what? I, I must say I haven't watched a lot of them. What kind of splits are you seeing between the two of them?
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's probably a good um thing for the cruncher to use i the problem is reed reed hasn't played so many games it's hard to work go back and work out which and he's actually left left a couple of games early so the splits would be a little bit misleading in that regard as well so i i think even if and given that their injuries are now they've lost chris thompson as well you may see them play a lot of two tight end sets anyway so i think you could still get value from them but you know Reed's price has really slipped because he's because he's left games early so he's 6300 so if he does play um he's a pretty good value
0: yeah although as you say you've, you've got the risk that he leaves this one early as well right? yep, and, always. yeah always it's a tough it's a really tough one um it's yeah it's a much easier scenario if he doesn't play
1: yeah definitely <laughs> um <laughs> my other play is Jordan at uh, Jordan Jared Cook um, playing against the Broncos, 5,600, 7,600 on draft stars. Uh, last four weeks, the Broncos have allowed four touchdowns and 350 yards to tight ends, which is a lot more than any other team in twenty 27th in DVOA versus tight ends. So Cook could see a lot of work as Derek Card tries to avoid to uh, Tlaib and Chris Harris. So I think um, Cook could have a decent game. I just hate saying his name because he always lets me down, but um, if I don't say his name, he'll go off. Um, he's, he's my Murphy's Law of tight ends Jared Cook
0: yeah he's he is that kind of player he can go either way and we have him at I think we have him at 9.5 as kind of a mean projection Um, as you say he's a high ceiling player he's a reasonable price um, I don't mind including him um, the cruncher can't really get away from Gronkowski who got held really quiet last week but um, I think we still have him kind of projected out at 15.6 this week um, Engram so, I have a couple of lineups that have, um, Engram as the flex in a Gronk tight end with Gronk in the tight ends, but, um, Engram projected as a 13.9. I think that kind of two tight end option will be unusual, but possibly interesting. Yep. Um, and then Calche is still, obviously didn't score last week, but you'd still, one of the better tight ends, so still a viable option. Um, Zachary, it's Jimmy Graham, um, And Henry, I think, and Doyle are kind of cheap options. Doyle, if you're going to play your um, Jacoby Brissett um, quarterback lineup, I wouldn't mind including Doyle as the tight end in that one.
1: Yeah, I uh, I like Jack Doyle this week. I'm glad you mentioned Ingram as well. I think he's going to be my Thanksgiving play if once we get clarity on you know Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis. um, He's he's been quite quite strong for the Giants the last few weeks, um, and. Yeah, two tight ends on the money ball lineup. I, <laughs> I don't mind it. Um, yeah, it's Gronk really let me down last week, but yeah, he's just so consistent that you can expect just bounce back, bounce back game, and the ceiling's always just so so high.
0: Yeah, it's pretty rare. That I might say this without actually looking at it, but I suspect it's pretty rare that he kind of is out of the game plan as much as he was last Sunday, two weeks in a row um so you have to think he's going to see a bit more of the ball this week than he did last week especially because the on the other side of that is if New England go up massively early is he going to see a lot of playing time late in the game
1: yeah just looking back at some of his splits here on, on moneyball so you know when he's had a, a down game i say that in in you know air quotes so like he's had a, you know a 10 point game against carolina he's had 23.3 the next week he had 6.6 against atlanta he had 14.2 um, the next week, so um, back at Kansas City had four point three in the in the opener, and then the following week had twenty point six. So um, the yeah. the bounce back game factors um, pretty pretty reliable for Gronk. Um, so definitely one to consider there. Uh, yep. Defense now crazy some crazy scores last week. Uh, obviously the Chargers um, blew up um, massively against Nathan Peterman. So if Peterman does start again, the Chiefs could be a really good option for. For you, um, given Peterman's tendency to just crap the ball away, um, but I just, uh, so
0: it must be one of the most disastrous first games.
1: It it gave me Ryan Leaf uh, visions back when he played his yeah. first game after he completed his first pass. It just everything went downward spiral after that. Obviously, Peterman not a second overall pick, but um, it just yeah. gave me flashbacks to that. But yeah, twenty five fantasy points for the Charges last week um which is just massive but um I'm, I'm gonna go with uh the jags i know it's a top option so i know we've had a, a lot of pricier players so you might not be able to afford them but hard to go hard to go past saxonville here they've just been so consistent every week they're playing blaine Gabbett um who's you know prone to throw a few interceptions of, of his own and even their down games um just like five-point games, which is fine. They've had one bad game where they've had minus one, and that was all the way back in uh, September. So they've just scored pretty much double digits nearly every week except for three. So they're just a a really good play.
0: Yeah, they're my top play as well. Um, When I run numbers, I come out Jags, Bengals, Steelers, Falcons at Draft Stars, They're at Moneyball, I think the top four lineups in all Jags defences, the other couple being Steelers and Bengals. But... Um yeah, I think they're gonna be a good play. Well, I think they're gonna be the top play, but I think they're gonna be pretty highly owned at that.
1: Yeah, uh I didn't even think of the Steelers up against Brent Hunley who produced zero points last week, so that's a that's one to consider down in the in the cheaper price range. Another cheaper yep. one is I like the new, new England Patriots, obviously seventeen point favourites um against against the Dolphins at home as well. Um so I've cut the plays, he's he's proven to be a turnover merchant. Um, and there's always a chance with, the, with a special team's touchdown with Bill Belichick, you know, kick off and punt returns with uh, Dion Lewis.
0: Yeah, and obviously you've got the opposing team total pretty low, as we talked about, yep. um, 15 and a half kind of points. Uh, I guess my single concern would be in terms of kind of, I guess, the kind of fumbles, um, interception, recoveries, those kind of things uh, as scoring options. Just how much time the Dolphins are actually going to have the ball in that game. Yep. Um, if New Zealand spend, sorry, if New Zealand, if New England spend most of the second half, <laughs> um, effectively running down the clock, you may not get that many scoring opportunities, um, for the defense.
1: Yep. To be fair, uh, the New Zealand All Blacks and the New England Patriots are the, the same type of juggernauts. So <laughs> I can understand totally, uh, getting that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think they're the two I'll probably lean. Um, I didn't even think about the Steelers. So now that they're in the mix as well, um, that's another one. So, uh, that's definitely there. It's just now trying to mesh all those plays together. Uh, unfortunately the lineup I was trying to build while, we'll, while we're doing this just was a little bit too pricey. So I'll have to move things around <laughs> and and submit a few different lineups, um, here and there. I was trying to put all the plays that we both sort of agreed on massively in the same lineup, but it's just, uh, A little bit pricey, but uh, we'll we'll wait and see and and mix it around. But Thanksgiving, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Obviously, as we said, there's Thanksgiving-only slates, three games, so you can double dip. Good luck with with Thanksgiving. And then uh, you've got the full week, and then you can also do the Monday-only lineups at Draft Stars and Moneyball as well.
0: Yeah, let's say a few extra games to play this week. Um, I think it's, what is it, 3 a.m., 4 a.m. start um Friday morning for the Thanksgiving games. I think it's 4:30 um,
1: the start. Um yeah, so it is pretty yeah. early 3:30 for you up in Queensland.
0: Yep. Um so hopefully there's not too many uh, game time decisions to be made on that um for that slate. Yep. But then yeah, it'll be a entertaining day of football. Um and then yes, yeah, back to Sunday night and kind of seeing what we can do there, see what the um Big decisions end up being Sunday as some of the injury news kind of gets filtered through. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, as we said, Devontae Freeman, um, a big question mark. Uh, Greg Olson, someone that could be back this week as well, because th- that could change a whole things in terms of the Panthers lineup. And then, uh, as we mentioned as well, Thanksgiving, it's unfortunately the last game, so we won't know until after we've set our uh, Thanksgiving lineups about the status of Jordan Reed. But we, we might know early yep. he's missed practice today, so they might just rule him out uh, tomorrow or the morning of. So. Um, it's always worth getting up. I know four thirty is an early start or three thirty is an early start, but um, it can wreak rewards for uh, fantasy players.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you get out what you put in. In some some cases, right. Um, certainly, I know if I look at the sort of six hundred, seven hundred or so NBA lineups that get submitted before all the team news is out, and some of those will get changed, but not all of them. Yep. Um, and it certainly creates a bit of extra money in the prize pool that is less informed than those of us putting in the decisions at game time.
1: Yep. I, uh, I used the Cruncher this week for NBA. I hadn't been playing too much NBA because I'd just been so busy, but I had a, a spare day or two this week and used the Cruncher for some NBA lineups and it's uh, I waited for the team news and it, it really, really, really helped some players that I didn't even consider um, played some strong games. So I definitely recommend if you're into NFL and NBA to check out Fantasy Insider and uh, check out the premium package, because you can, NBA, it's just every single day, and then obviously NFL, still six weeks and the playoffs left to go.
0: Yep, lots of time to go, and who knows where it's, another 150 days or so probably of NBA. Wow. (laughs) That'll keep going for a while. Do you ever ever get fatigued,
1: Daryl? Do you ever tire of it? Do you ever have a day off where you don't play any fantasy at all?
0: uh, Sometimes, yeah, there are days. Um, Well, now I'm doing the cruncher, I'm... Normally online anyway, half an hour before, just to sort of run to make sure the updates have run through. Yep. So I'll normally at least stick a couple of teams in, but there's certainly days where I don't do the full kind of 40 odd teams that I usually do for NBA. Okay. And today was a good example of that. Like, it was a single game slate. Um, there was, and it ended up in a 34 way tie for the first and draft Um <laughs> <Jeez>. NBAs, <laughs> you did do one single game.
1: Yeah, there's there's only so many uh, combinations you can really do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <That's> for sure.
1: <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, uh, good luck in week in week twelve. Have a uh, good Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk next week. Uh, hopefully, uh, counting the the dollar bills, and uh, we'll we'll play play heavy again for week thirteen.
0: Yep. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games, and good luck to everyone who's listening. Go check out all the best premium game daily fantasy tools at fantasyinsider.com.au. You can also check out all the recommendations mentioned on today's podcast online at WootNY.com. And make sure you follow each of the boys on Twitter at this Is Root and at JYNFL. Or you can follow the podcast at WootNY.